time at game. Dear On A Roll Podcast. So, here's an idea that I came up with because I encountered it tonight. Is this the same guy that we were the character? I thought we voted against voices. Okay. Group dynamics. (laughs) How do you maintain a balance of, quote, character focus, end quote, in your sessions when there are players who are more driven slash focused while others tend to follow the flow. One of my stronger personality players felt railroaded to the side of tonight's session when their character was expecting some kind of resolution or interaction to a story which had become a major part of this player's backstory. They felt a bit left out as other characters who remain relatively low-key otherwise were featured in this session. I think I handled it well, but... What do you think about this? Now roll for initiative. Welcome to the Honor Roll Podcast. The only podcast that... Well, it's not the only podcast. Why do I always say it's the only podcast? I don't know. Maybe you need to start saying the only podcast we do. So far. So far. We need to do the Carrie and Jason Mush podcast. Oh, no. Where we just... Yeah. You, you mush me. Oh, <laughs> that but That's what dirty. it's called, right? That sounds If dirty. you're the wizard, you're mushing the other oh, players. Oh, no. All right, I'm due over. <laughs> Welcome to Honor Roll, the only podcast that we host that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP mush, and everything in between. Like that pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to add drama. Oh, is that what it is? Really? Are we better okay. gamers than everybody no, else? No, we're not better gamers than you. We just all have different experiences to share. I'm a better gamer than Jason. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Neither one of you are good podcasters. Well, maybe we can maybe we can help the people listening have a little more fun at their game. You know, because the only way to win at a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun. So I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me as always is Carrie, the legend. I am. And Jason. The favorite, and also the one that's sitting closest to the mic. Because I want everybody to make sure they can hear me. I think the best part was you leaned forward. Well, I was closest when I leaned forward, wasn't I? All right. Well, you can find us at honorrollpodcast.com. You can also listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else that you find your favorite podcasts. We're on Twitter. At honorrollpodcast. And and we're on Facebook.com groups. On a roll podcast. If there's slashes in there, you'll figure it out. Yeah, you know what else has slashes? <laughs> what? Guns and roses. No, that's that's oh. not where I thought you were going with that. I'm I so no glad. Idea. You can also send us email at hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. But not your slashes. Or of course our favorite place for you to find us is at patreon.com slash honorrollpodcast, where you can go and you can become a patron of this podcast and get special cool stuff and uh, help cool. us help us stay on the air. So when last we left our intrepid adventurers, oh my God. we were all sitting at this table, <laughs> this thinking, table. <laughs> recording a podcast, but it was so long ago. It was two weeks ago. So we took last week off because, uh, and I'll let Jason decide if he wants to say it or not, but well, Jason my, had some family trouble. He had but my father it. was in the hospital for about a week and a half. Uh, serious, non-life-threatening. He'll probably be okay by the time this airs, All but right. we'll see. All right, well, good he Lord. should. He is. He's definitely improving, and also that's everything I've been doing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's rough when you end up in a hospital for that long. But I will yeah. say, I have used that time to read a lot of comic books, which does not help this at all. Yeah. But it was a lot of fun. What he didn't do was use that time to listen to the podcast. Oh, so, no. I, it's my least favorite he one. Was, he was already in the hospital I'm not even a miserable. Patreon, so right. you know, why would I, <laughs> why would I listen? Oh, what about man. you, Carrie? What have you been up to? Uh, I've been working on the coloring book. It Ooh. looks so cool. You've seen me. I've sh- you've shown me. So many pages. Yeah, Yeah, I did show you the pages. And Um, the preview video? I do. The Kickstarter is going to be live hopefully in about two weeks. Two weeks? Well, the the video 
has been posted today on Kickstarter, right? Yes. But you can't see it unless you have the special preview link. So I have a special request. What would you say to putting the preview link out to our Patreon backers to see? Uh, Even better. All right. So the, our Patreon, wait, all of our Patreon backers? Yeah, all of our Patreon. All right. That's cool. I can do that. Okay. Back us now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What's the minimum you can put in? A dollar. Oh, oh. Yes. Yes. I'll just wait two uh, weeks. It won't, it won't take 50 cents? Uh, I, I don't know. I didn't try. We, we should try. find out sometime. All right. So uh, is, is that pretty much what you've been doing? Yeah, on? unfortunately, that's kind of Well, you know, that's over. pretty time consuming to draw yeah. all those pictures. Yeah, and, and there's a lot more uh, legwork that's not art that I didn't bookkeeping. realize. Bookkeeping. Yeah, like bookkeeping and like words. Words. Words are hard. You know what? Whenever I'm trying to do a project... The, the wall I always run into is, well, I've got 90% of the creative stuff done, and I have no idea what to do with it. The you know, next bit. The worst the worst is when it's like, describe your project. Oh, no, I'm an artist. <laughs> I draw things. I've I, I drawn my project. Uh, look, look at it. Here. Yeah, here. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I'm struggling with that, but we're getting close. A picture is worth a thousand words. I hope or, it's worth... A thousand dollars. Nice. You should do that as the as a top level tier. I come to your house and I draw you a custom kind of book just for you. Oh my gosh! All new pictures. Whoa! A thousand dollars. But they have to front the plane ticket. Okay, fair. Okay, then, uh, then yeah, totally. If someone buys me a ticket and feeds me and gives $1, me a thousand dollars, I'll I'll draw you a naked coloring book. That's what? not what I said at all. What? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Ahem. Hey, I mean, it's art. Uh, it's art, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what have you been doing, Ryan? <sighs> Nothing that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's your choice not to write slash fic. Right. No, you know what? I've been wor- helping. <laughs> I've been helping Carrie a little bit with the Kickstarter stuff. Yes, and he the has. Book stuff. Or, Do I you mean, know uh, that she showed book. me the story that you wrote uh, for the paramedic? No. It's really good. I love it. I hate it. It's, you hate it? It creeps me out. <laughs> it's supposed to creep you out. It's good. Uh, so, yeah, part of, the, part of the coloring book is that each page on the coloring book has a, a little short story that goes with it uh, to tell what's going on. And, and they're creepy. And, and I've been working on those. I've been writing those for her. I think it's adorable that y'all are working together on this project. Yeah, you know, right? As opposed to avoiding each other like your usual projects. Right. I mean, it's it's almost like we like each other. But we don't. We, we don't. Yeah. Don't draw conclusions. No. Don't draw conclusions. I yeah, will draw, draw coloring books. Yeah. <laughs> Color coloring books. We've already drawn yeah, them. It's but we drawn also, for you. I've also ran a, a play test of the gun belt since last week. Oh, you have? Here. Oh, that's right. I missed it because we were at the hospital. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who was there? Uh, it was Carrie and me and then uh, two of our friends, Beth and Charlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. So, what did they think of the uh, new system? They said that it was way better than any of the Dungeons and Dragons games that Kevin ran for this. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, they did not be nice. What's, what's important to note is that Beth and Charlie have not gamed a lot. Well, I think that's good for your playtest. Right. It makes so, playtesting very good for them. For was, it, uh, was it good for, I mean... I, you know, was what? it smooth? Did it, they get the rules? In much the same way, when we play tested it with you and Marty uh, and that group, um, the uh, the character creation only took us about twenty twenty five minutes. That's not very, bad at all. It was very quick, uh, and then we were up and playing pretty pretty rapidly. They had a, a couple of little pieces of feedback, and I got to do a little Q and A about how they felt about what sort of uh, experience points, h- how much experience points they should get at the end of a game, and right. how much they. Uh, how they felt like those should be be given out, and that was pretty insightful. It worked. It was yeah. good. And right. what was neat is at one point I looked up when we were doing character creation, and Beth had the the packet in front of her, and I looked, and she was actually working ahead because of she us. could understand the packet because she could she could follow it, and so that was a really good. Indication. It's awesome. We need to. I cannot talk tonight, and okay. we need to do another play test. Yes, that I get to participate. I want to run one. Because I think that'll really tell you something about the system. I want you to run one. Yeah, I maybe next weekend. Are we booked already? Uh, I think I've got a podcast on Sunday. But Gross. So. We don't have game next weekend, do we? Yes. Yep. Werewolf? You're running vampire. Yeah. I'm running vampire next weekend? Yeah, I know. It's hard we, to remember. Four more games? Five more games? Yeah. We're, we. Oh, that's the other big thing that uh, all three yeah. of us kind of did. Is right. We, uh, I couldn't be there because of the hospital stuff. Right. But. Uh, we, we ran um, our vampire game, and we also announced that October was going to be the last vampire game. 
for that ever. Ever in, in the world. Ever. In, in the world. all of So getting your vampire, vampire games now because this is it. <laughs> this is it. Now, no, for our, our LARPs just coming to an end. It's time. We've ran it a long time. And, uh, and it's honestly, time. it's only, what, two, three months early from the end of the Chronicle? Right. Because so, the, the org that we're in is resetting their Vampire Chronicle. So, uh, but that's okay. I mean, you know, for us, it's time. And I think for our players, it's time. And somebody else can run now. Yeah. Right? So. You know, I'm excited because Matthew Sin is going to run that. Space it looks really cool, and I definitely want to play in something more freeform like what he's running and try it out. Yeah. I, I'm super excited. Yeah. Matthew, listen to this episode, and also... Back us on Patreon? <laughs> well, that's a personal decision, a good personal decision. It makes you a better person. It, it does. Exists. It does. Yeah. It's statistics. Yeah. yeah. All right, so before we get into gaming, let's get a quick report on our Patreon backers. Woo-hoo. Carrie... Do we have any new ones? We don't. Oh, oh. okay. Sad. Oh, no. All right. Well, do we have any people who are at our wizard level or higher so we that do. they get the shout outs? We do. Let's give some shout outs. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to Cameron Pruitt. Cameron, what up? Hi, Cameron, Cameron, you need to move back and play games locally. That's right, Cameron. Guess what's coming? Space Lars. Space Lars. <laughs> I'd also like to make a call out to Lost Colonies. Who should move closer to Who should us. also... DC is too far away for a LARP yeah. for us. Joe Hines is running this really cool game called Lost Colonies out in the Washington, D.C. area. And They're if all over Facebook. Look them out. If you're out that way, you should check them out. Who uh, else? Who else? Who else? Oh, Ryan Martin! Ryan Martin! Yeah. Our favorite miniature storyteller. Our, he's our favorite Ryan. Now, by that, do you mean he runs? <laughs> hang on, do you mean he runs m- miniature stories, or do you mean he runs stories and uses miniatures to move the people around, or do or, you mean that Ryan is miniature? All three. Yeah, he is. He's he's a tiny guy. Is that everybody? No, no, of course not. It's not. We can't forget. We've also Drew. got Drew. Yeah, Drew Stevens, great he storyteller is. and a great tabletop storyteller. And speaking mm-hmm. of tabletops, his wife happens to cook almost as good as the Olive Garden. <laughs> oh, please don't stop banging us, Drew. Please don't. <laughs> All right, well, if you want a shout-out, we'd love to give you one, and you can get one by helping us keep this show on the air by becoming a patron uh, at patreon.com slash podcast. And now let's go ahead and move to combat rounds. Hello, friends. Do you like mystery? Why is he sending two people through two different avenues after what amounts to a deck of cards. Horror? He says, Your friends need you, idiots. Do they really need me, though? Yes. And he explodes. Give me another fright check minus two. Action. You hear Graham's British voice yell, Kill her! Immediately, the air fills with (laughs) machine gun fire. (laughs) And... My name is Villa! No. Villa, the singing gorilla. Whatever the hell that was. Check out Corpses and Curios. Available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you dig up your favorite podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Corpses Curios for some diabolical surprises and information. All right, welcome to Combat Rounds. Today's topic is taking turns. Taking turns. What do you mean by that? That's a great question that you've asked. I'm glad somebody spoke in that long... (laughs) Well, I wasn't sure who turn it was. Yeah, It's your turn, Carrie. It's my turn. Uh, Taking turns. Yes, everyone should have a turn. What, what do you mean by that? By the, uh, the opening letter that we got, the discussion is going to be actually taking turns as characters for plot. So right. who, who has the attention right now? Yeah. Who's who the ha- focus on? Who has the DM's attention? Not just the DM's, really, because if you're at the focus of the game, it's everybody's attention. And it's the intention of the story as well. It's, it's about who gets to be in the spotlight. Yeah. Fair. It's also about who is the focus of what's happening. Mm-hmm. And it's about not being those things. Well, I think, first of all, we need to talk about good techniques and attitudes that let you gain the focus. Because some people, and this is something that I never realized when I first started playing, there's a skill to getting the attention of plot and of other players. So let's dive into Jason's Plata Sutra. (laughs) Well, as Carrie well knows, my technique is to be be really loud. 
Should it be the Player Sutra? The Player Sutra? Maybe. You could write a book. I was going to say, it could be a whole book. uh, Player Sutra. I'm going to make a note of that. Player Sutra. That's the name of this episode. Player Sutra. Sutra. That's great. So, anyway, my technique is to be loud and attract attention. Because, to me, while that does focus attention on me, it also gives people something to engage with. If somebody looks bored or whatever, I come up to them and I just be gregarious. And while that's not perfect for every character, it, it works for me and most of the characters I make are that way. And it's interesting because my tactic is the exact opposite. It's to, to, to send in downtimes. Right. And then uh, and, and this history of my character and then show up at game and just be the quiet watcher and make everybody come to me because they're like, why isn't he saying anything? Why is he lurking along the edge? What is he doing? And then you end up with people chasing... I end up with people chasing me all night trying to get my attention. I've seen that. Yeah. Carrie? I actually try to not have the attention... Okay, hold on. I try to get the attention on me so I can bounce it off onto other players. Right. Uh, The the uh, martyr. Yeah. No, I I am. Do you like that? No, but no, I'm... That is my playing style. Sure. Here, let me get everyone's attention as I am, tell a ridiculous story about Friday the 13th, the movie. Yes, of course. And that way I can ask the character that's being quiet in the corner, the player that's not talking, that's right, isn't it? And then that character has to now explain, no, that was just a movie to everybody. That's true. So you really, really lean hard into yes and exactly. Tell we were talking earlier about uh, how mush it, this is different, and actually mush has changed over the years. Yeah, mush, mush, oh. mush is really hard for for plot and for bringing people in because originally mush was very much you had your wizards who would tell plots for everyone. They were storytellers. They were basically. your storytellers, and now. Your wizards are more, they more just control the universe. It sounds to me like it's changed more from a, almost a tabletop experience to a freeform LARP. It's a little sandboxy yeah. sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and so people tend to run their own plots. You have, things, you have things called PRP, and it stands for Player Run Plot. Right. And some games, the storytellers, the wizards will... Uh, create like boxes. You can run any PRP as long as it does not exceed this scale, this type of plot. Right. You know, like I had someone who put in a request for um, a player run plot and she was like, I'm just going to blow up Mars. And I said, no, you can't. That's too big. That's too much. You can't can't change the universe. You can change what your character is doing. And then it turned out it was just the Mars candy factory and it was fine <laughs> is, is that actually true no, no that's a shame. <laughs> that was i would have been okay with that yeah. though and so that has changed a lot so in mush it's really difficult because when players are like i want to be in the center of the spotlight it's like then do it right just run a plot where you're the center right so the, the i downside. would never be able to do that i would feel like i was uh attention whore yes look at yeah <laughs> and, that, and that's the danger of it is that if you aren't skillful with it or if you aren't careful with it yeah it can be like i'm now running this plot the title of it is look at me i'm great and there's also the whole if you've got a person who has a is is a strong storyteller sure in a mush they tell their story and then they're done and they're like aha my character got this resolution and all that and then you look around and there's crickets and no one else is but you know one cares because they no, no 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 a lot of times, either other players are intimidated because, you know, this person is good at telling their story or, or whatever, or they don't have their own stories to tell, or they just want to go along with other people's rights. So the people that are good at that or feel that they are good, sometimes they're not, but sure. they just feel they're good at it. They are the ones that keep telling stories. So then it becomes the the only this character X's story. So and they're only game. ever supporting cast the other people. Right. And they and never get their limelight because they're not running it. And, right. And, and then there's strange animosities that develop because of that. Right. But it's really nobody's fault because it's like, well, then step up and run a right. plot, but they don't feel they can. And Maybe they don't want to. Not everybody's a storyteller. Right. Exactly. But they still want to be on the spotlight. Which 
is... You're saying that the uh, form of mush as it stands now... Has changed. If you want to be in the limelight for a story, you, you almost certainly up. have to run it yourself. Or yeah. at least step up and go, will someone run this plot for me? Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like there needs to be some more guidelines. Structure. But... But yes. that's just me. I don't mush. But mush has just changed. And part of the reason mush changed, I think, is because internet courage. Um, I think that a lot of wizards, you know, a lot of storytellers on mushes got tired of being to- told, you know, uh, it's not so much in tabletop a problem because you're typically hanging out with just your friends. But in a in a LARP, for example, you're not close with everybody. And you guys know as LARP storytellers, sometimes a player will get mad at you and they'll be like, you're a piece of shit. That's mm. true. And yeah. they'll, they'll speak very unsavory. Now, imagine if all of your LARP players had internet courage. And they could all talk to you like that all they the time. They didn't yeah. have to look you in the face. They could just type what they were thinking and not have to know that they were sending you home crying. I have cried more because of players on mushes than I ever have over LARP players treating me badly. So let's talk about tabletop. How do you gain attention? I I don't want to just say attention. How do you get focus in your game? Well, um, I think first we should probably just sort of specify we're talking as players, right? Right now I'm talking just as a player. I'm a player playing this game and I feel like that I'm being overlooked a little bit. It's not to the point where I think I need to talk to the ST, but I do want more focus sometimes. Well, frankly... And I want to say that's not a bad thing. Right. It's okay to be the focus sometimes. And I was going to just come right out the gate and say, frankly, the first step is there's nothing wrong with just saying, hey, you know, to my DM, hey, you know, can we can we focus a little on my character? We're paying an awful lot of attention to Carrie the last few weeks. Could, could I maybe... Have something cool happen to my character. And oftentimes you may get a surprising answer like, well, the reason is because Carrie wrote this like two paragraph history of her character and you didn't give me anything. I don't know what to do for your character. Help me. I will say this from a LARP perspective. Uh, Several years ago when I was OST, we had uh, this salon that some PCs ran and we wanted to give them a reward. Well, it's not enough to give them a reward. We wanted to give them something tailored to their character. And these weren't people that I knew personally, and I didn't run their characters in their local game. So I went to their storytellers, and thankfully those people had turned in backstories. So we could comb through their backstories and pick out really appropriate stuff right. that made personal plot for those people yeah. right. for years. So the first so the first thing I would say is, as a player, to gain attention in your tabletop game is make sure that you have given a plot hook to your storyteller. To so your a backstory with a plot hook in it. Yeah. You know, it was weird because when I very first started role-playing, it was almost like people thought plot hooks were bad because they're like, well, if I have a little sister, she's going to get kidnapped. And now I want to yell at that person, yes, she's going to get kidnapped. That's what you want. That's why you have a little sister. But what I think is important is that not only are you you giving the storyteller or the dungeon master your uh the plot hook, you know, here, I'm giving you this plot hook, but I am also giving you my trust Right. Remember, we talked about trust enables yes. risk, and so I'm gi- I'm giving you my trust that you are going to take this hook and do something with it, and it's going to be good. Well, when we played our Wild West game that you ran, the absolute best thing that made the game for me was that you secretly connected <laughs> me and Carrie's characters without telling me. I played for almost six months before I realized that her character was my daughter. Whoops. <laughs> and... The change in my role play was significant because I went from somebody who was playing the game kind of from a power fantasy perspective. I wanted to become alpha. You know, it's a werewolf game. I wanted to be leader. I wanted to be mayor of the city. I wanted all these accomplishments. Right. And then suddenly I had something to do that was real drama. And not about yourself. And, right. As a character. Right. And from then on, all my decisions were from a purely power fantasy gamist perspective they were terrible right <laughs> everything i did was a, a bad decision but it was because suddenly he was like this is my daughter i have to do everything i can to make sure she's safe and, and it was terrible right oh. everything i did was terrible <laughs> but also i couldn't was, tell anybody because it was a secret my my favorite moment of that whole thing was i don't even remember it was like late one night like, not a game night. You called me, and it was, like, 10 p.m. At right, night. right. And all of a sudden, Jason just calls me and goes, Son of a bitch, you're my daughter. <laughs> yeah. I was just like... I had been no. at work, and I was thinking about game, and I was like, 
this person's character is in this, and this person's character is in that. And I'm like, Carrie's character is 13. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and, and see, and that was all that was all possible because when you created your character, you said, and like a dozen years ago, my character had this affair with, uh, uh, you know. This person. With yeah. this person. Right. And then you asked me, hey, can I fudge this just Actually, a little bit? Yeah, you had said like seven years. And you said, what about, what if it was just 13 years? I'm like, yeah, whatever. I trust my storyteller that if he needs it to be six more years, yeah, then whatever. Right. And then I didn't even make the connection until we'd been playing for almost six months. <laughs> yeah. So what I'm saying is, you know, and what I guess Ryan's original point was, have a little faith in your storyteller. Put stuff in your backstory that gives you better hooks. Yeah. Give them something to work with and then trust them to work with it. Also, what I found as a player is great. Let's say your character has a secret. Tell another player. Oh, you have to. You don't have to tell everybody, but like have a best friend in the group. You what? know, you know, my wife is dead and her ghost is following me. I have to tell somebody or, or whatever. If you involve other players into your personal plot, then it becomes the plot for the whole party. They become invested. Yeah. More than that, secrets, oh, secrets don't exist until they're out. Yeah. That's something I've tried to tell so many people over the years, especially in Vampire LARP, because it's a LARP of secrets, right? Absolutely, yeah. And, and there's a certain amount of, I need to keep these secrets so that my character can accomplish their goals. But you've got to remember, your player goal is to have, have fun, fun. To, to have dramatic experiences, especially in a game like Vampire, which is supposed to be personal horror. Right. You want your secrets to come out, because mm-hmm. it's no fun to play for, say, five years and at the end, be like, ha ha, got you guys. I was secretly a demon this whole time. Right. What's great So is, it was a Star Wars game. So it was a Star Wars game. <laughs> What's a lot of fun is to play for two years, become super integral to the city, and then somebody find out you're a demon, and then they have to figure out, well, what do I do now? Yeah, because, I mean. Now it's too late. Not, you're our friend and the mayor. Right. right. What yeah. do we do? Right. You know, or this guy has been really integral to solving all these plots. If we get rid of him. What do we do now? Right. right. Yeah. And I just think that's that's what we're really there for, not to get a couple of more points. Not to be prince. Yeah. Not to be mayor. What else? Any other thoughts on how to gain how to gain uh, the attention as a player? I mean so ask for it. I've got give give some uh, some hooks to get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, involve other players. Involve other players. I, this is my big one, and some people I feel like d- don't care for it. But Come on, Jason, it, whip out your big one. Let us know. My big one is Whoa. whatever the storyteller is running, lean into it. Okay, what do you mean? Say you've decided to run a game about uh, it's a Star Wars game, and you're like, hey, everybody's a rebel, and we're going to be trying to uh, to hit this base. Okay, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to play a character that fits into that plot in some way, because suddenly I'm important. Because maybe I have some secrets about that base because I used to work there. Or your mom is there. Or my mom is there. So I'm invested in, oh, well, I don't want them to take over this base. And maybe I'm not working directly now, against the people, but I'm involved in the plot. That that's all, well, that is That is great advice, but that's only good when you're building a character. Right. Well, like no, that, you that, know what? But, Halfway through the game, if I have to tweak my character a little bit... To make it more interesting for the game, more fun. Sure, but I will tweaking a little bit is it can be more difficult to do two years into a long yeah. That's all camp. I sure. meant. That's all. You know, I meant. But but at the same time, if you've played for two years and never ever ever had your mom or your parentage come into play, yeah, it doesn't hurt then, anything. Then broach it with the storyteller. Yeah. and be like, hey, buddy, what if my mom is there? Right. You know. Um. I also I, I have one more thing. As a player, I also think that supporting. Other people's plots will get them to support your plots. So what like you're saying it, is... Like, like, don't be like, I have to be in the limelight right away. Like, even if you're feeling a little down, like, you know, like, oh, I haven't, you know... So Bob, what you're saying is sharing Bob's, creates more. Yeah. Help, help Bob finish up his plot so then you can do yours. I think... We're talking about now as as a player, then, how can we share the spotlight? And that creates more spotlight, really. Yeah, the spotlight just gets bigger. Yeah. Yeah. A few years ago, there was a situation like that. Uh, We were playing in a Star Wars game, and my brother was playing a... Demon. No. (laughs) (laughs) He was playing a Force-sensitive. 
And I was playing. It was very force sensitive. It was very force sensitive. And I was playing a Jedi. So if you don't, if you're somehow not familiar with the whole deal, that meant that he had access to some force powers, but he wasn't as strong in them as like a Jedi. And part of the story became his character making the journey to being a Jedi. So while I wasn't always his mentor, because we were sort of on the same level, uh, it meant that I had insight that I could share with him, which actually was taking the spotlight off of me and giving it to him so that his character could mature and grow. It it became a really great roleplay experience that we had over the years. And that's why I always think you you got to throw it to somebody else. It I, makes it better for both of you. I think it's important to share the spotlight uh, because if you don't, then when it's your turn to have the spotlight on your character, no one else is going to return that favor. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and so uh, you want to to bring others in too. Like if, for example, we get to the rebel base and there's my mom, right? If I don't tell any of you that my mom is there, it still stays just my story. And so I have to be a little giving as a player and I have to go, yeah, it's my mom. Yeah. And guys, right before we land, I I need to tell tell you you something. something. Mom is there. Yeah. Mm. It turns out that she's wearing this chrome armor. Please, please don't shoot the one with chrome armor. Yeah, yeah Ms. Phasma. Yeah. Her name is Ms. Phasma. Ms. Phasma. But, That's but, why I'm know, so tall. But hand it off. <laughs> share, share the secret a little bit. And then what's really interesting about that is then the spotlight might be on the two of you talking to my mom, convincing her that she needs to interact with me. So I'm actually giving you my spotlight. Right. right? And, and that the- gets into what Carrie was saying earlier about how she likes to be the yes and Yes. Mm-hmm. You yeah. start something and let somebody else finish it. That yeah. is very powerful. Pass it. Pass the baton. Because later on, at afters, they're going to come up to you and talk about the amazing story that you had together. Yeah. And, and that is the best feeling in the world. Yeah. The last piece, I think, as a player, then, is supporting other people having the spotlight. Yeah. As a player, how can we do that? Um, you know, something that I've read a lot about in uh, Nordic LARP and Freeform LARP is the fact that we should acknowledge what the other person is doing. If somebody's giving a dramatic speech, don't be a jerk. Don't interrupt them. Let them have their dramatic moment. Maybe after they get done, you can you can say, oh, yeah, but you let them finish. And I know maybe your character wouldn't let them finish. But unless it's going to make the moment better, let it happen. And you can support people by acknowledging that. Another one is if you know that a character is really, really good at combat, maybe you don't get up in their face because you know they're going to – they could kill you. Right. So you acknowledge that because in real life if a person is sitting there and being threatening and has a gun in their vest, you don't necessarily get up in their face. You should acknowledge their physical superiority in your role play. I think you also support them in uh, doing the thing they want to do as a player as well. Um, We were, you know, this happens a lot in in LARPs. You kind of broached it a little bit, but like there might be uh, like like Marty, your your wife. She she plays in the vampire game, the vampire LARP. She plays an opera singer. Right. And so at some point, you know, she wants to stand up in front of everybody at an event game and, and sing an opera. And have her character yeah. sing an opera song, right? Well, Marty can't sing. Not, I mean, she's not clearly opera. not an opera. Yeah. She she states that. I mean, I'm, sure. not, I'm not yes. putting words in. I'm not judging her. Right. She says, I can't sing. So instead, she picked a song and she lip synced it, right. right? So guess what? Watching watching Marty lip sync an opera song, not high on most people's list of things that are awesome to, to watch. Right. right. Just because like watching somebody watching somebody lip sync yeah. is not that exciting and it's opera. And, unless it's Millie Vanilli. And right. Definitely. Well, yeah. Yeah. Then I'm in. Right. But you know what? We all stood there and watched her do mm-hmm. it because, you know, for Marty, not for her character, for Marty. That was the thing she had been waiting to do with that character for three years. And she did it and got a standing ovation. And yeah. it was, And that was because as players around her, we all chose to have our characters support her moment, her spotlight. Right. Because it, it was important 
it, in the grand scheme of things, not really important to her character. But it was but important so to her. So important to Marty as the yes. person playing that character. And you know what? When you're in one of those moments and you stand up and give that standing ovation. You get chills because you know. You, you feel it for a moment. You feel like this was the greatest opera you've ever seen. Yep. And you, it's almost as good as being at a real one. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's more because now you're part of the experience. You're, you're right. creating it just as much as they are. You're making the spotlight bigger. Yeah. <laughs> bigger! <laughs> I think that uh, that support is what makes LARP different a lot of times. Because in tabletop, it's not as strictly encouraged, though it should be. Right. Though I be- in, in tabletop, it's almost more only during combat. Well, there's a mechanical I don't know why, but, aspect yeah. to tabletop that I... I don't want to say it gets in the way. It gives a different flavor. Yeah. But in LARP, a lot of times you feel like this person's doing something. I should acknowledge them doing it as well as as they believe they should be. I think LARPers, as a, just um, to generalize, I think LARPers tend to have a little bit of theatrics in them. Right. I mean, that's yeah. why they're it's why they're LARPing instead of tabletopping a lot of times. Though to be fair, I've had tabletop games in which somebody got <laughs> it's been up pretty and, theatrical. Yeah, that, I have known people who got up and gave a speech before combat, and right. it was the best thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so, but you know, the other another thing, and I think this applies a lot to tabletop and and LARP and even mush, is part of supporting the players around you having their moment in the spotlight is not griping about the spotlight not being on you. Yes. You know, it's okay to say, hey, I need some spotlight. But if somebody else's turn, let them have it. Right. And in fact, encourage that. Like, be happy for your friend Bob. Right. Who's finally in the spotlight, who never gets it. Like, be excited. And maybe ask yourself, was my character in the spotlight last week? Then maybe it's my turn to step back. Yeah. You know, it's a problem I have. Uh, I... Don't mean to, but I can hog the spotlight because, like I said earlier, I'm loud. I'm loud, <laughs> and loud players who yell and who uh, are tend to be flamboyant and aggressively role playing with people tend to uh, create attention for themselves. And it's fun for a while. It's fun for other people for a while, right? Yeah. But at some point, they're like, oh, "Crap, another Jason story." Another, <laughs> I, 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 do, I have that problem too. So I right. do understand. Even while I'm trying to deflect away, you're like, loud. I'm loud, and so people gravitate. You know, and I don't mean to turn this into like a boy girl thing, but I'm a loud girl, right? And there's not a lot of those in, especially well, in tabletop or in LARP. We don't run into them as much as we should, right? And, and so everyone's like, "Oh, it's a girl a, yelling. Let's go. We see should what go see what that is. is." Even if I'm like yelling. Go help so-and-so. I tend to have a lot more attention on me than I mean to. We should call this the Ashen Riders Syndrome. Because infamously in our UT org, there was a group of players called the Ashen Riders. That was their coterie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, really, they weren't that bad. But because they were so loud and they drew so much attention on themselves. And there were so many of them. And there they, were so did many. Have, they did have numbers. People began to resent them for it. And and the guys individually didn't realize that the real problem wasn't that they were overpowered or that they were necessarily loud. It was that once you are drawing so much attention on yourself, people feel like they can't get any. Right. Yeah. And I had people would say, hey, this is just another Ashen Riders plot. And I'm like, well, they're doing things and they're loud and they lean into plot. I'm not... Giving it to them. I'm not giving it to them. They're taking it. And you're not preventing others from leaning into the plot. Or from going out and doing their own thing really loudly. Right. And it's while it wasn't explicitly their fault, it was a situation that they inadvertently created. Right. And I think that's something we all need to look at in our role play is, hey, if I'm getting so much attention that the entire game is bending to what I'm doing, maybe I should look and see if that's creating more fun or less. Yeah. Right, because sometimes it could be creating more fun. My understanding is in their local game, it, it's more fun. Right, they love how powerful the, that group is because it, it enables everyone to sort of ride the coattails. The smaller characters get dragged into the bigger plots because they're they're riding the wave. Right, that's and, cool. And I then like. in the in the big picture, sometimes it was 
more difficult or or it would intimidate players. Because they and, don't know those guys right. at a game right. to know what their actual levels were. Right. Right. And I think that's a problem, especially, you know, national orgs suffer from it all the time. But uh, local games do occasionally too. Okay. I will say this, though, about the Ashen Riders. They had cool jackets. They did have cool You know, <laughs> oh! they gave me one of their, uh, their stickers. I so still got they, it at home. They all wore... Leather jackets of some type. They were they were biker jackets, biker, biker motorcycle club jackets. Right, and on the back they had a custom patch. Yeah, of a, like a, a skull with like this draped fabric over it, and it said Ashen Riders. Right, and all that, and it was so cool. And it, but because it was a professional patch, and they were all wearing biker jackets. Like, that's intimidating, especially yeah. for you know, new players. You know yeah. what they would do, though? They would approach new players, and if they said, hey, do you want to be a member of the Ashen Riders? They would immediately give them one of those jackets. Right. So they awesome. did some cool stuff with it, yeah. too, that I appreciated as a storyteller. And But uh, if you didn't live near enough to, to them to see those things, it was intimidating. Right. Yeah. And I think that kind of sums up the, the best and worst of the whole spotlight right. issue. You have people elsewhere who they look at it and they go, oh, well... I don't want to get involved because if I if I end up in the middle of that, the Ashen Riders will just roll me. Right. Or they look at it and they go, oh, well, I don't want to get involved because we'll just get to the end and then the Ashen Riders will be the hero instead of me. I don't have a chance because I'm not as big as them. Or or they just go, oh, it's the Ashen Riders and don't even try. And all of those things, uh, the blame goes kind of everywhere. The fault yes. everywhere. Fault's a better word than blame. Yes. Because I don't think anything was ever design, done by design. Like right. nobody tried to be to, to cause issues. No one is twirling their uh, out-of-character no. villain mustache. No, I met those guys uh, several times at conventions, and I had the best time hanging out with them. And it's because they're loud, gregarious people who want to be friends with everybody and have a great time playing the game in the way that they love playing it. Yeah. Now, like myself, in games in which I've been loud and gregarious and yelly, Sometimes that causes a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's moments that I regret where I use that when I should have said, wait, it's this person's turn. I should have stepped back. And I don't know that they were stealing the spotlight nationally, but sometimes you have to be willing to, you know what? If I, I would hope that people would say, I don't know what's going to happen with those guys. Maybe they'll roll me, but if I can make it fun, it's okay. It's it's tricky. It's very tricky, especially in national org. Well, I think well, we've, we've already about, done players. Yeah, we're talking about players. So now let's talk about as a storyteller. Wait, I have to do extra work as a storyteller. A little bit. <laughs> so you a story- start mushing. <laughs> yeah. Part of the part of the role of a storyteller. Sh- uh, sled. Part of the role of a storyteller or a dungeon master is to keep their game in balance with itself. It's all relative unto itself. Right, You know what kind of game you're running. You know what sort of plots you're running and those sort of things. And you know what your players like and don't like. So so when we talk about it being balanced, it's balanced unto itself. Right. Um, you know, so... We're not talking about mechanical game balance. Right. It's, it is very possible. There's a person playing in your gaming group that doesn't want the spotlight ever. They just want to yeah. show up, eat Doritos, be with their friends, and once in a while roll some dice. Yeah. You know, there they are... They love being support. Right. Uh, then there are other players who sit there and and they want to be in the spotlight every single game. Yeah, and, and we hope that you know after listening to the first half of this, they'll sit one out. <laughs> or maybe everybody is pushing to be in the spotlight, and and you have to change it every week and focus on a different person every week. So we need to talk about why that's important, right? Why is that important, Carrie? Because you want everyone to have fun. Well, oh wait, that's the whole thing, isn't what? it? That's how you win. Woo! And you My know what? Most people done. want a moment. Most people want a moment. And it's not even necessarily a bright spotlight, but a moment where they acknowledge something about their character, some secret, something interesting, some moment of true agency where they get to decide where things go next. As a storyteller, think about it this way. It's like that moment when the player rolls cleaning. You know? <laughs> or like the most the most ridiculous skill that was almost like a throwaway stat that they put on their sheet simply because their character would have it, not because it actually would ever get rolled. And for the first time ever in the history of the role-playing game, <laughs> somebody had to roll that skill. Right. It matters. It matters. So I also think another reason why this is important is because it makes people feel invested in the game if they know that when they show up that at least some of the game is going to be about them. Right. It's not, they're not supporting cast. They are the star, just like everybody else. I know that we've talked about this before, but it's really important for your players to know that you care. 
as Absolutely. a storyteller, yes. as, a, as a DM. If you, you know, if you turn that spotlight on them, even if it's only briefly, they know. You cared enough to think about me in your storyteller notes. And if you want to be a great storyteller, you're giving them that moment to create a moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what people tell stories about forever. And you're rewarding the fact that they trusted you enough to Absolutely. give them that moment. I also think it's important is to, to do another reason why is because uh, you want to balance your story a little bit. Star Wars, we keep using Star Wars. It's, it's a great example because it is a classic hero's journey with right? a, that is also an ensemble cast of people who all have tiny little story arcs sometimes. Right. But, but and, each one is important. And here's, But here's the piece, though, that we didn't talk about earlier when we were talking about players, is that in Star Wars, at the end of the day, the real heroes are always going to be the Jedi people. And that the Jedi people. That's the sounded, Jedi people. Let my Jedi people go. What? So what? How like, do you, what are you saying? So I'm saying let's just talk about Star Wars and New Hope. Right. right. It's an ensemble piece. Han Solo, Princess Leia, and Luke Skywalker. But at the end of the day, it, it's about Luke's it's decisions. It's really Luke's story. Right. And it's because the story of Star Wars ultimately is the story of the Force. Right. Okay. And so that may not be true in your Star Wars tabletop game, but the, but the in movies, the film, yeah. So using that as an example, the Jedi, even though Han Solo is super important, and Luke could have never fired that that torpedo, you know, if Han Solo hadn't come out of nowhere and, and saved the day, and saved the day, yeah. you know, he's an enabler though. It's he's just an enabler. That's the reason why I think that, and, you know, I hate to be the worst nerd ever, but I don't like the Lord of the Rings books, but I love the movies. <laughs> I, I, I thought that was because you were illiterate. <laughs> what no. are we even doing? I this even is like, what, what are we okay. talking what about? What kind this of is podcast a... is this? The reason why that this matters is because in the Lord of the Rings movies, each one of those characters got an arc. Right. And that you watching it knew how important each one of those guys was because each one of them got a moment. Make your tabletop game like that. And it will feel as epic as Lord of the Rings, and we're, or and, as Star Wars, or and as any ties, of these things. That ties into this to the point that I was I was clumsily fumbling for, right? Which is that uh, even though it's Luke's story, the storyteller saw that he still had to give Han the moment to swoop in in the Falcon and shoot those last starfighters, right. so that Luke could fire the torpedo. Right. Okay, and so I get that. It's about it's a little bit about balancing the balance of power. Almost. So we've decided that it's important that everybody gets a moment. How do we do that? How do you focus the spotlight? You don't. You just run it for the guy you like best. <laughs> that's what I usually do. No, that's... Yes. <laughs> so, so there are two pieces of how, of how. There is how do you recognize and manage it? Right. How do you do it? And then there's like how more of a... In a practical sense of actually like approach. So how do you recognize that moments are needed? Well, I can't decide if this is the second half or the first half, but they're all related though. So read that backstory that you asked that guy to turn in and it will tell you the kinds of things he wants to happen. Yeah. People aren't going to add in. I'm a, I'm a whiz at playing checkers if they don't want to play checkers. My mom's not at the rebel base Simply because that's where I'd like her to be. Right. She's there because I want to end up at that rebel base at some point. There's a mechanical side to this, too. If they have a merit or a flaw or a skill that's really high, then you find ways to include that. They put that stuff on the sheet because they wanted to use it. Mm-hmm. And that's merits as well as flaws. I know that's more of a a World of Darkness example. But lots of games have... Quirks or whatever. Quirks or some special thing about your character that could be good or bad. Baggage. And you should be using it. Because it's there for a reason. They put it there for a reason. So as a storyteller, how do you figure it out? Well, you start with looking at what they've given you already. Right. It's on their sheets. It's mm-hmm. in the any histories that they've given to you. Uh, it's in the, the picture. They drew their character with a scar on their cheek. Yeah, that scar's there for a reason. Ask yep. them. Yeah. Where did your character get that scar? Uh, right? Scar. And if they say, Lord, you know, dark 
Bottom, then Lord Darkbottom is a new villain. He's actually at the Rebel base with my mom. That's right. He's there too. <laughs> and you know what? It may feel trite and contrived, but it's okay. What is contrived? I don't even know what contrived. 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 Oh, I was especially confused there. I'm going to <laughs> bang on this table for the rest of the episode so you have extra, extra editing that you have to do later. <laughs> so the other piece of how is how do you recognize... Somebody needs the attention. Oh, that's a good question. How do you do it, Carrie? I like to hope that I'm I pay attention to my players. I know that's kind of, that sounds stupid. But no, like, it's just it's the you, basic it really, level. It really is. That's the first thing is you just have to be aware. If you've got a player that's on their phone while everyone is rolling dice, they're not. Maybe it's your fault. Yeah, maybe maybe they don't feel like they need to be rolling dice because the story isn't about them. Right. Maybe they feel like that they wasted their night coming here and they should have been studying instead. Right. Exactly. Sometimes you can just tell because your players will tell you. That's true, too. So if somebody tells you, hey, I'm not getting enough attention, even if you feel like they are, you need to think about it. At least be aware. Look at what you've been doing. See if you can throw them a bone. Maybe you're wrong. Yeah. And You know what? Maybe they just feel like it. And so what, and this is a little bit of how, you pair them with a player who hasn't been getting a lot of plot. Connect them. Yes. Connect them. Now they've got a connection. This person who has a natural talent for attracting plot is now tied to somebody who maybe doesn't. And, and they get dragged along with each other. And this leads into a, another piece of the how. How do you do that? Well, think a little outside the box. Walk up to the player and say, hey, you've kind of been in charge of all of the plot the last few weeks. Do you mind maybe this week taking this person along because they're, they've not really had a lot to do? And I think it's totally okay to ask flat out. I think it's a little more elegant if you can work it out so it Story. feels organic. Sure. Though, if that's what you need to do, absolutely do it. And I think at the same time, it's also okay to say to a player, Hey, Carrie. Yes? You've kind of been the focus of plot for the last two or three games. So I've got this plot idea I'm going to do that's going to focus a little on Jason tonight. I just want to give you a heads up so you don't think that I'm like... You know, forgetting you or something. I'm not ignoring what you've been doing. Right. Right. I just, somebody else needs a turn. Because that can go a long or, ways too. Right. Also, what you can do as a storyteller, if you go, you know, hey, Ryan, I want to give Jason a little bit of the of the spotlight tonight. Will you help me? Yeah, oh, that's good yeah. too. Because if you the, bring your players in to help you with other players, they feel like they are. community building. Yeah, it's community building. You've and, provided them with purpose. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think you can do that in game too. It's uh, you know I know we do vampire a lot because we play and run. No, vampire. we're running vampire right, right. now. So uh, you have the the elder or the you know the the important NPC shows up and says, Prince, I've noticed this neonate and I would like to do this thing with them. Now you've involved two players in a plot. Mm-hmm. And if you'd had that elder go directly to the new player, well, you've only involved one person. And vice versa. If you want to involve the the prince in something, maybe, you go tell a neonate, neonate, which is the youngest, go talk to this prince for me. I need him to do this thing. Right. Ask in my name. And if you do approach them out of character in that way and you say, hey, you know, I'm going to focus on this other person. Will you help me do that? Or, hey, will you drag this person along because they've kind of been bored the last couple of weeks or whatever? It's the reversal of that trust-enabling trust risk. You, as a storyteller or a DM, are trusting your player to help you manage your game a little. Yeah. And they will be more likely to accept the risk of bringing along a character they might not normally bring. You know what? It's the trust economy. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It really is. The more you give, the more opportunity you have to get back. And if somebody betrays that trust, you know, that's on them. Right. And then you can adjust your expectations that person accordingly. One of the interesting things about the storytelling and player relationship is this, the long sort of standing argument over, you know, who's more important or whose game is it? You know, is the storyteller more important than the player? Is the storyteller running the game or is the, you know, is there no game without players? Or, you know, there's a there's a debate over that, particularly in LARP. We, we need to do that as an episode soon. Maybe. Yeah. But I think that ultimately, you know, no matter which side you come from, you have to acknowledge that it doesn't work without all of us. 
Right. The, you, know, it's, you know, it's okay. really, it's and, and not so, the storyteller or the player's game. It's the community's game. And so you need to lean into your community for help, whether it's to give someone attention or to get someone attention. Okay, I'm completely blanking. What is the word when two organisms have to... Symbiosis. <laughs> Because I, I kept going, it's photosynthesis. No, that's not it. That's <laughs> not it. That's, I, I totally only heard half of what you said because I'm going, it's not photosynthesis. It is it's a symbiotic relationship. Uh, yeah, symbiotic, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So uh, so anything else about a story, as a storyteller uh, involving, you know, sharing the... The how? No, to- you know what? I will say one thing, and I kind of hinted around at it, is that whenever I'm running a story, I try to put a player in between any NPCs. So like, say we're running a D&D game and there's a Baron and a Duke that are talking. They never, ever talk. They talk to my players and then the players are sent to talk to the other guy. Because now I've generated plot. Now, yeah, you can say in real life, those two people would just talk to each other. But what's the fun in that? (laughs) Right. Your NPCs should never talk to each other unless they absolutely have to or if it makes things more interesting. They should always talk to a player, and that player should be, re- you know, receiving some sort of compensation, which again makes things more interesting to go talk to the other guy. Mm-hmm. And what that does is it also combats the old thing we we talk about with NPC theater. We've all done it, and sometimes it works, mm-hmm. and sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes it doesn't, yeah. and it has to be used frugally to work. By putting that one player character in between them, you are enabling your players. To uh, to interact with it, whether it's deliver the message, don't deliver the message. Right. They get deliver, to make decisions. Deliver a different message. Yeah. They and get, you let them know secrets. Right. Yep. And also, it creates a situation where they know stuff that they can then spread to the rest of the game if they choose to. They get to decide, am I going to tell people that I know that these two people might go to war? Right. Am I going to pick a side? Am I going to recruit people for a side? Uh, I think the more information that you put out like that through players, from one NPC through a player, supposedly to another NPC or whatever. Or to other players or to the whole right. world of the universe. I, I even like that as, uh, you know, again, to use vampires as an example, uh, say you have the big Justicar, the big powerful person. They won't talk to, uh, they won't make a statement to all the players. Let the player do that. Because instead of putting the spotlight on me, the storyteller, me getting up there and making the big statement, I get to put this spotlight on a player who gets to make the big statement. Right. And that just creates more interesting moments. So there we and go. And the spotlight gets bigger. So, you know, we've hit this a lot with our how. Who do you pick? Who? How do you decide the person who's going to get it? I think that some of that we've you know i mean some of that we've, we've covered, covered a lot of that. it's like you're watching your players you're listening to them mm-hmm. gosh afters who's talking the most right who are they talking about or who's pouting yeah and you know what it 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 will hurt your feelings when you hear somebody pouting because you're like well you could have gone and done this thing yeah but but they didn't and they're feeling that way right and, and maybe it's obvious to you not to them right right I think that, again, it's that important piece of, as a storyteller, you know, you are creating lines of communications with your players. Absolutely. You know, it's in in the same way that it's okay for a player to go to the storyteller and say, hey, you know, could I maybe get a little more attention? It's also okay for a storyteller to say, hey, players, uh, do you guys feel like you're getting enough attention? Right. If you're not, tell me. You don't have to tell me in front of everybody. You know, Just sir, let me know. Way back when I played Bofferlarps. There was this new group that joined the game we were playing, and they felt like they got shut out of everything. And it was because they were new, they didn't have the out-of-game connections that are sometimes too important to getting involved in big plots. People don't know you, they don't automatically think to include you. And through really nobody's fault, they felt like they got left out of a bunch of things. So they wrote an email to the staff and said, hey, we feel like that we're getting left out, and we would like to be more involved in plot. So the staff sat down and wrote them a personal plot that they felt like they were drowning in it by the end of it. They, <laughs> they loved it, and they were giving plot out to other people. You know, like, hey, you should be involved in this too. Come join us. Come join this thing that we're doing. Yeah. Careful, and, what, careful what you wish for. Careful what you wish for, but in a good way. You know, they're like, oh, suddenly we're in the middle of all this stuff. Right. And they wound up being critical to the resolution of one of the main plots of the game. And they had a great time, and they would not have if they hadn't have trusted staff enough to reach out to them. 
Mm-hmm. And I know this is back to what you should do as a player, but it's also what you do as a staff. And no matter what kind of game you're running, LARP, mush, uh, tabletop, if somebody says, hey, I didn't feel included or my group didn't feel included, listen. We all know who the person is in the group that doesn't get as much attention as everyone else. That's right. And we, we also know we the person that's getting know. way too much. Yes. And so use your best judgment. Just because somebody asks for more doesn't mean they necessarily get what they ask for exactly. But you should at least listen. Make them feel heard. Oh, always listen. And maybe in the middle of them, the most toxic person complaining, you'll hear something and you go, you know what? I was doing that. Or maybe I can do this instead. And this will give them what will, this will help them get to a healthier place in game. And, and it's a and balance. a better game. Yeah. And it's a balance, you know, on the flip side, you know, if you've, as a player, if you've written a letter and have all these complaints, if a storyteller comes back and goes, I see where you're coming from. There are things going on that you don't know. How about we do this? Both sides need to compromise. Absolutely. Whether it's a shared gaming story, it's still it's a shared experience. That's right. The community comes first, and if the ST has to say, hey, I can't do that thing, mm-hmm. how about this other thing that also involves these other people? Yeah. You need to seriously consider doing it. Right. And as a community, I'm about to say, hey, we can't continue to do this <laughs> podcast. How about we consider going to Game Wrap? Oh, is it Game Wrap already? It is. All right. Welcome to Game Wrap. Uh, so before we do Game Wrap, let's just remind po- folks that we can be found at honorrollpodcast.com, on iTunes, Stitchers, and anywhere else that you uh, like your podcasts to live. Yeah, you I use a podcast addict. Do you? Yeah. You like it? Yeah, I, I'm slowly switching to Stitcher because I got Stitcher Premium, but nice. Podcast Addict is a little bit better at updating episodes. Cool. Yeah. Uh, we're on Twitter at Honor Roll Podcast. We're on at Facebook.com slash group slash Honor Roll Podcast. You can email us at host at honorrollpodcast.com, or you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Honor Roll Podcast. So let's give XP. Wait, don't forget, we get the special bonus on our Patreon this week. Uh, oh, yeah. Carrie's video. Yeah. Ooh. Which I've seen, and it is really creepy. <laughs> Thank you. So, you were going to give XP out? I was. Nice to way to kiss my butt right before I give XP. All right, so, oh, you filmed that? Yeah. So, I assume Carrie did it with a selfie camera. Uh-huh. So, uh, Jason, you get 5 XP for attendance. You get 5 XP for kissing my butt right here at the end. Well, uh, that's uh, when you do it. You right also XP. Right? You also get 10 XP for bringing up Star Wars over and over and over again tonight. Yeah, it's a classic story. Yeah, it's a way to win my heart and my XP. <laughs> wow. <sighs> Carrie, you get 10 XP for, for attendance because you should always earn more XP than Jason just for being here. Aww. That's right. Yeah. At my house. At your house. <laughs> so, you whoa, just wrote whoa, whoa. that. Wait, this is in the library. I'm a, hang on. I'm a little concerned because she actually just wrote that down. Well, I that's did. because she's been keeping track. I are you levels? Are you what? seriously keeping track? It's next week you I'm, level, right? I'm hoping. Probably, uh, if you get at least 10 more. Now he's going to give me nine, you sure? <laughs> well, then you'll be GM level 78. <sighs> Which is legendary. That's right. That's right. Nice. That means you can run the best plots. Right. <laughs> At, you know, once you hit that level 78, you get that new feat, lets you run the extra good plots. My yeah. feats are fine. Your feats are fine. They're a little small. Hi. Can I tell the art school story about your feet? We just said we had to hurry up. Yeah. Okay, hurry. Wait, don't let me forget that I have a joke, too. But Car- go ahead. Carrie's feet are so small. <laughs> How small are they? They're so small that when she was in art school and had to do a self-portrait of herself, she drew herself and then had to erase her feet because she drew them the actual size and it looked stupid. <laughs> it looked wrong. And her art teacher was like, you've got to make your feet bigger than they really are because that drawing looks like you made a mistake. Hey, it's just like the David. Uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> okay. So I'd like to give Ryan one XP this week, which is good because it's the first one he's gotten in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> it's the first one ever. Well, I mean, for the podcast. For what? No reason. <laughs> Pity. Was it's that a pity your, XP. Was that your foot uh, joke? No, I'm shining the... Uh, You're sharing the spotlight? I'm sharing the spotlight with you. Uh, and it's, Carrie, you get 10 XP because the spotlight just got bigger. Hey, that means that's enough to level. <laughs> All right. 
Join us next week when uh, our topic is going to be a deep dive, full-on review into the new Fantasy Flight Games supplement splat book. For the Star Wars Age of Rebellion system, the book is called Motherload, and it's all about my mom at the Rebel Base. Oh, awesome. I will buy that. Can I back that on Kickstarter? You sure can. Until next time, uh, this is Ryan Carey and Jason. Remember, the only way to win at an RPG is to have fun. To have fun. To have fun. If you want to hear Jason's foot joke, become a patron on Patreon. (laughs) We'll share it with our patrons. (laughs) You will regret this. Boy. thoughts and opinions that were on this podcast belong to just those folks who were on this podcast and to nobody else. All of the music was courtesy of Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com.